You're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Kara's Transition. This is super exciting because it's been one year since you have come out and I'm beyond proud of you and I'm so happy to be supporting you throughout this journey and just to be able to see your evolution through it all. Thank you. Yeah, so those of you who've been listening for a while to our podcast or those of you who know who know either of us in person, um, we'll already know this, but just to get people up to speed, last February I came out to everybody as a transgender woman. So what that means, <laughs> yeah. So what that means, just to for those of you who aren't quite sure, uh, transgender means that you don't match the gender that you were assigned at birth. So when you're born, you know the doctors usually like look at your genitals and say, ah, you're a boy or you're a girl. And that's good for most people, and we call those people cisgender, but it can get complicated. And some people eventually realize, either pretty early on in life or later on, like myself, that no, I'm not actually a man. Actually, I'm a woman. Uh, and that's why we call ourselves transgender. Uh, some people realize they're not quite man, not quite woman, and there's other labels for them, but. Uh, we're going to keep things simple in this episode. This is mostly just going to be about me and my experiences. And if you have more questions about general like trans stuff, you can always ask us later. And who knows, maybe we'll do other episodes about this in the future. So I spent the first 30 years of my life growing up and thinking I was male. And then around January of 2020, I really just went through this very intense struggle and this period of questioning my gender identity. And I eventually settled on the realization, sometimes I call it my epiphany, that I'm actually a woman. So that's why I decided, you know, this if this is true, then... I owe it to myself to explore this and to see how transitioning, uh, so moving from living as a man to living as a woman, would work for me and if that is what I wanted. So my first steps were just to tell you know, the people really close to me, my friends, and then my family. Um, at first I was very tentative. I was just kind of like, I think I'm trans. <laughs> and... It didn't actually take me that long to solidify it because I think once I like said it and made it real by saying it out loud to people, it felt right. And I, I picked a new name for myself pretty quickly and it felt right. And that has been my experience throughout my transition is each step I take feels right 
This feels good. I feel better than I did a year ago. I mean, I, I would like to say I had a pretty good life anyway, but nothing about this has felt like, oh, like this is a huge mistake. This isn't right for me. So I like that because, you know, transition isn't always easy. And I don't want to give people the impression that it's always easy. Like if you're actually transgender, it's always going to be easy. Sometimes it's a struggle. But for me, this has been a very affirming process because it's really confirmed that, yes, I am a woman. Uh, I've always been a woman. But now that I've realized it, I can actually start living that truth about myself. I think that what you said about it feeling right to you, of course, you've had struggles and it hasn't always been easy. It was really great that you're being transparent, but it's also great that you like you feel like this is right and you feel good about it. That's the most important thing, I think, right? Exactly. Like it would be different, right, if I'd started this process and then after a couple of weeks, after a month, I was like, no, actually, this doesn't feel right. And, and that's what you should do is there, there's no reason to ever rush into anything like this. But when mm -hmm. it feels right... It feels right. And I, I'm just, I'm so much happier now. Like, I just want to say that right up top here. And I think yeah. it shows. I think you would agree with me that there, right, Becky? I like, totally agree with you. You, I, and I've said this before, you are just like glowing. Huh. And not that you weren't a happy person before, but it's just like you're that much more happier and you're that much more yourself. And you can just see it in, every little thing that you do and your interactions and how you feel about yourself like it's just so much more obvious i would say mm -hmm. thank you one of the reasons i think that i didn't realize i was trans for such a long time and i think there's a whole bunch of reasons some of which we might get into some of which we might not but one mm -hmm. of the reasons is there's this stereotypical narrative that trans people realize they're trans very young in life. Um, often mm. they stay closeted if they don't feel like they have a supportive or safe environment, unfortunately. And so being trans is this thing that's stressful. And, you know, trans people who are closeted aren't happy and they're not living happy lives. And so the fact mm. that for the first 30 years of my life, I had a largely good and happy life kind of maybe think oh no i can't be trans like i haven't struggled i haven't experienced gender dysphoria which is this you know mm. th that feeling of incongruence with your your body and stuff but mm -hmm. now that i've started to transition and now that i'm looking at my entire life and reevaluating it in hindsight i'm realizing well yes i actually did experience gender dysphoria i just didn't call it that and mm -hmm. i i want other trans people who are listening to this or or people who maybe are going to realize they're trans at some point in the future. Like you don't have to have like struggles in your life or suffering to be trans. And I'm really wow. sorry for the trans people who have that experience and you don't deserve that, but mm -hmm. you can also be trans even if you've been happy up until this point with the way you've expressed your gender. And I think it's really important for people to realize that. <laughs> So wow. thank you. Like, like yeah. you said, like I had a happy life, but it's to me, it's kind of like when you meet like a partner or a friend uh, who mm -hmm. just feels right for you or when you move to a new yeah. city and it feels right for you. Right. Like, of course, you've had yeah. a happy life up until then, but it's just it's a new aspect. It's a new dimension to your life 
it's a new journey. And mm-hmm. when it's right for you, everybody can tell. So true. Wow, you said that so beautifully. And what an important and beautiful message to tell others as well is like, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have like struggled so much. You could have had a very beautiful and lovely life, but that, you know, like you're telling like a different story of being transgender, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's so important. And I hope that if, if somebody is considering it or feels that, then they can like resonate with that story and be like, oh, that makes more sense. You know, I thought I had to feel one way, but actually like what Cara is saying is like really true as well. Yeah, there's no one way to feel or be transgender. And yeah, yep. it's, it's, it can be hard to believe that sometimes when you're having self-doubt, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, I would just like to say about maybe when you first told me is like, I just, I, I like remember like exactly like where I was. Like I think I was going to an event <laughs> and then I remember, so I remember like leading up to it, you we were messaging and you were saying like, you know, I just have been like wrestling with like thoughts and I haven't been having like the best sleep and I'm just like, oh yeah, it's just like beginning of semester jitters or like it's work related. Like, right. And then when you told me, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> why you were feeling like that. Okay. Like I understand. And I even remember because you were like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, oh no, like, did I do something wrong? Like, you know, I know, like, everybody always assumes that, right? I know, we always, like, assume, like, we always assume the worst. We're just like, oh no, like, I, I said something or I did something, like, that pissed you off. And I'm just like, oh shit. But then when you had reassured me, I was like, okay, so it's not that. It's something else that I just don't know about, and that's fine. Um, yeah, and I remember when you told me, I was just like, like, I was shocked for sure. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I was like, oh, yeah, like I always knew this. It's like, mm-hmm. I think because it's like life altering in a way, right? Yes. And <laughs> you're like, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's a big deal. So I didn't take that lightly. And I was just like, whoa, like this is huge. And and obviously I was so happy that A, you came to this conclusion and B, that you were comfortable enough telling me and, you know, that you had made this decision and and you, you felt good about it. So I was like, okay, this is a really great change, but it's still a huge change that, like, I needed to think about and to, and to process. Yeah. I think what was really reassuring was just, like, when we had that conversation and you had, you had said something along, along the lines of, yes, I'm transitioning but I'm going to be a better me and our friendship is only going to get better from here. Like stay the same, if not get better. Right. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's like a really fantastic point. So it was just kind of like that reassurance that like, yes, there, there is this huge change, but like that doesn't mean that our friendship is going to like, you know, dramatically change or you're going to be like a completely different person, like your values and stuff like that. Right. Or like mm-hmm. what you like to do. I mean, well, to an extent. <laughs> that has changed. But you still love reading. And, and you are still like the core of who you have always been. It's just 
now you are more of yourself. Yeah, basically. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of surface level change, right? In terms of how I dress and growing out my hair and stuff. Although I think it's important, like, let's not conflate being transgender with how you express your gender, right? And wearing a dress is not what makes me a woman. Wearing wearing makeup, having long hair, those things don't make me a woman. Those Mm -hmm. just happen to be things that I want to do to express myself as a woman. Yeah. But... The process of transition is so much more than changing your wardrobe. It's about coming to understand and accept your gender identity and then figuring out how that affects how you relate to the world. I'm very happy and I appreciate that you wanted to share and open up about what processing that was like for you as one of my closest friends because I think it's so valuable and important for people to hear from cisgender people who are close to trans people what that's like because Mm -hmm. you know other people might be in the same situation as you as like oh my goodness my friends just come out as trans and they might be thinking yeah how do i support them right so yeah totally i think i struggled with like telling you how i felt because i didn't want to hurt you like, mm-hmm. I didn't want it to come across as, like, I don't support your decision and, like, um, I'm sad about it. It was, like, I I am just processing what you told me so that I can, like, better support you and then also just accept you, like, 100%, you know? I mean, like, that was never a question. It was just, like, it was, like, mourning the loss of, like, someone you knew and then processing it in the in the way of, like, okay... Who is this? Who is this person now? Right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> um, I I think maybe maybe a better way of putting it is just kind of like getting over the initial shock of mm-hmm. feeling like there was this side of me that you didn't realize existed. Yeah, actually, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, and almost being like. Was there something that I missed that I could have, like, helped you with? You know what I mean, too? Like, yeah, what were some of sure. the thoughts? And, and so, like, I, I want to stress, like, it, it's so important for people who want to be allies and be supportive to your, your trans friends as they come out. Like, don't make it about you, which, and I'm not saying you no. ever did that, Becky. Like, that's that's why, like you said, you, were, you weren't sure how to express your feelings to me. And I picked up on that. And I knew it's because you were trying not to make it about you. And I really appreciated that. Um, Because I think that's one of the things that people can do sometimes, even when they're trying to be supportive, is because Mm -hmm. they're processing exactly as you described, they sometimes start talking to the the trans friend and making it all about them and their end of Mm -hmm. the relationship. And that, unfortunately, I think can be harmful sometimes because it's it's not about you at the end of the day, right? So totally, yeah. Um, but yeah. I I also th- understand and I agree that it's a it's a big deal because it's a big deal for me and it's a big deal for you mm-hmm. because you are such a huge part of my life. Like we have a podcast mm-hmm. together, we talk on the phone at least a couple of times a week, if not more. <laughs> Um, we tell each other everything. And that's why like you were, you were the second person I told because I knew the moment that this was this, yeah, the moment this went from 
like maybe to like yeah like i think this is it like i knew i had to tell you and i had to tell you right away because i don't like keeping secrets from you yeah which i appreciate like thank you i mean that makes me feel really really good that you were like i want to tell her because i don't want to keep this like huge thing you know like i appreciate that a lot you know like how i finally knew that you had kind of like finished processing and accepted everything (gasps) oh my gosh i don't think you've ever told me this no tell me it's when i got the car crate oh yes yes yeah so for those so for listeners just to explain the inside uh lingo here i send becky care packages once in a while and Mm -hmm. i call them becky boxes and Becky was going to send me one uh, and she ended up calling it a car crate because alliteration. But, yep. you know, I, I remember I opened it and there was a card inside and you'd written a really sweet mm-hmm. message and you'd addressed it to Kara. And that Damn. was so significant because up until that point, you hadn't really started using the new name and stuff for me. And mm-hmm. I, I was being very patient because I knew you just needed that time. <laughs> um, and so, like, seeing that in writing was very significant and important to me. Aww, that's really sweet. And, yeah, it's it's just so interesting because it's, like, now it's, like, I I would, like, I would just feel, like, weird if I... yeah said your dead name or like you know what I mean it's like I'm so used to calling you Kara now and I and that's who I know you as yeah and you're so good like you you're so good with my pronouns you're so good at saying affirming things to me calling me girl and whatnot like honestly you're you're such an affirming person and uh you know I'm not in the habit of giving out cookies and stuff but I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and the the role you've played in supporting me in this I mean, that's like, that's like the least, you know what I mean? It's just like, of course, I'm going to make that effort. Like, why wouldn't I? You're, you are more than worth it. And, right. But some, you know, trans, some trans people don't get that from their friends. And I just, I count myself yeah. as so incredibly lucky that I got it from, from you and, and from others in my life. Right. But uh, they're, they're not here right now. So um, anyway, <laughs> Okay, now you're making me cry, so... (laughs) Okay, so before we get to, like, the questions that um, people have sent in, I do have a question going back to, like, when you were sort of, like, processing... And just sort of feeling like there's something like gnawing at your stomach, right? Like, yep. So, was there a catalyst for this, like for like the thoughts and the feelings right. of like, you know, there's something that I feel like I need to do, or like there's mm-hmm. some like, you know, I'm a woman. Like, is was there was there a catalyst to this? That's a fantastic question. I think it was kind of just the perfect storm. So. Mm. One of the more proximate causes was I read a book by Liz Plank called For the Love of Men. 
a mm-hmm. new vision for mindful masculinity. So it's all about toxic masculinity and this idea that, you know, there is nothing wrong with being a man and being masculine, but how do we redefine that in a more positive way that isn't about oppressing women? And it was it's such a good book. Highly recommend it. Uh, one of the things that really stuck out for me was she was talking about some research on the differences between how men and women tend to form friendships. And I, I told you about mm-hmm. this at the time. We had a nice conversation while you were here over Christmas time. And mm-hmm. we were talking about, I was talking about how like, I, yeah, like I really identified with that part of the book, but with the way that women <laughs> tend to form friendships in terms of like more like intimate one-on-one conversations instead of like big group activities. Mm. Um, and you had pointed out mm. at the time that part of it might have been selection bias because I tended to just to be around women all the time, like at the art gallery <laughs> and then at work, which I agree. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think I think maybe there's a reason that I, I tended to put myself in groups of women all the time. And that would be mm-hmm. a, a second thing that I think sort of struck me was, you know, I wouldn't say I've always known I'm trans. That's not true. But mm-hmm. looking back, there have always been moments where I've thought about more than a cis person usually would being a woman Mm. and what that would be like and envying that and desiring that. I read a Mm. really great medium post that a friend sent me that had helped her partner who also recently came out as trans and it Mm. was um, about gender desire the idea that you don't necessarily need to experience dysphoria to be trans. It's enough to want to be that gender. You are mm. that gender if that's, if that's what you desire to be because, uh, you know, cis people don't sit around thinking, what if I'm trans, right? Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just a yep. thing. Like you, Becky, you've never been there be like, am I a man? Like, you might have wondered what it's like <laughs> to be a man, but. Yeah, you know. yeah. Actually, that's a good distinction. Like, you might have been like you might have wondered what it's like to be a different gender or Mm -hmm. but that is just like who who doesn't right like who doesn't wonder that but that's like yeah there's never you you don't question like am i a man like that's yeah that's like a good distinction actually yeah so there's always been there's always been that kind of in the background And, and i like i always remember like people would treat me like one of the girls as kind of like an honorary girl. And I remember sitting at the lunch table at work uh, with a bunch of female colleagues and, you know, they Mm -hmm. would talk about women stuff around me. They'd talk about periods and stuff and it felt good to be kind of included in those conversations, but I Mm -hmm. still felt like a bit of an outsider. And I came to this Mm -hmm. realization that I didn't want to be treated like one of the girls. I wanted to be one of the girls. Mm, wow that was so powerful what you just said thank you damn love that yeah i i just i realized that as as much as it was a valuable part of my identity to consider myself a quote-unquote good man like a good ally a good feminist all that Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what i really struggled with at the beginning of my realization was like what does this mean like i've spent my life trying to be a good man Uh, But then, you know, Liz Plank's book and these other realizations, it's like you can't keep pretending just because you think this is what you should be 
when it's not who you are. I wrote a blog post about this back in November for International Men's Day called Masculinity, It's Not For Me, where I, I reflect on this aspect of my decision to transition and how I've never really understood masculinity. I've always felt uncomfortable talking about it to other men because I, I thought at the time that that was my role as a feminist is I have male privilege. I should talk to other men about how we can be good allies. And then that was never comfortable for me. And I realize now in hindsight, it's because I've never actually experienced masculinity. It's not a part of who I am. I've always been a woman. I just haven't realized it. And so, you know, I, I, in a sense, like I was trying to be somebody I'm not. The final ingredient, if you will, to my epiphany <laughs> was just like, I, I've been experimenting with wearing more feminine types of clothing for a while, uh, kind of in private, mostly. And I was reaching this point where I just wanted to do it more and more. And it felt so comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And like the week before I really started to struggle with this, I wore a pair of leggings on uh, Sunday when my best friend Amanda was coming over for our Sunday hangouts. And mm -hmm. I remember being nervous, but I don't know why. You know, Amanda, like you, <laughs> super supportive. <laughs> But I, I, I think it was just realizing that I was taking this step of like kind of showing this part of myself that I had been afraid to show other people. And after I did that and it felt okay and it felt good, I'm like, how much further can and should I take this? And that was, that was what the struggle was that night and for a, a couple of nights after that was like, what does this mean? Like, am I a man who just likes wearing women's clothing? No, because I that's not who I want people to see me as. I want people to see me as a woman and treat me like a woman. So that's what makes me a woman. And I just happen to also want to wear a clothing that women tend to wear. That's a big distinction, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I feel <clears throat> so much better. Like, it's... How do I describe this? I'm so excited and I feel so good that I can wear dresses in front of you and my friends and my coworkers mm -hmm. and express myself the way that makes me most comfortable mm -hmm. instead of feeling like I have to hide that part away. Mm -hmm. oh, I recently, and I, and I feel like this quote has come up like a couple of times that I've seen and it's like, you're only ever as sick as your secrets. And it's like, you don't want to have to like suppress who you are and not be able to show your friends in the world, like all of you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. That takes courage. So <laughs> thank you. Kudos to you. Sometimes we just like to talk so much that we have to split our episodes up into two parts. So I hope you've enjoyed my chat with Becky about my first year of transition. Join us next time for when I finally answer your listener questions, as well as some more of Becky's questions. Thanks for listening. <laughs>